0: Welcome back to The Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. I'm your host, Marcus Ionescu, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, a friend from down under, or uh, in recent years, I should say, a friend from all over, Mark Moldovan. Mark, how's it going today, man? Yeah, not too bad, Marcus. How are you, man? Doing well. I'm I'm blessed to be here, blessed to be alive and breathing and serving the Lord and everything I can do.
1: Praise God. I'm, I'm just as blessed and it's an awesome opportunity to, um, to be here and thinking now back only a year ago, we actually met. I've been to your church a few times and we met in the States, but then when you came out and visited us in Romania where I was currently serving that time um, and actually really being able to connect and serve together. Now being in America on the podcast, sharing what God has been doing and it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome, man. So it's encouraging to see.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a wonderful experience last year in Orshava, and I I mean you and I both saw the amazing work that God you know did in the community, and you know we've been there I've been there the last four or five years or so every year with our you know community just because our church sponsored the construction of another church in a small vid- village next to Orshava, and I mean just the difference that I've seen over the last few years is just it's monumental, and it's it's. You know, I, you truly want to praise God when you see the work that Brother Dotties and his team have done over there. And uh, it was, for me, an awesome experience to share with you and the others over there last year. Um, and it was truly uplifting in, in on my part.
1: Yeah, well, I was just I had just recently got there as well and got plugged into everything that was happening there. Um, and honestly, the, the work that God is doing out there is just incredible. Uh, the spiritual side of, uh, the aspect of the spiritual aspect of things that is happening out there is unbelievable how God, you see God truly moving and how the scripture is being fulfilled that jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever like seeing that happen and seeing god bring breakthrough seeing god heal seeing god set free it's amazing and to be able to see so many young people even you guys coming out there and experiencing that's what we need as as a younger generations to see god not to just know god but to to know god how and to see how he moves and how he works and how he uses people that simply respond with a yes so it, it was it's it's awesome the ministry out there is awesome and and even being able to serve for two weeks with you guys out there or a week or whatever it was, and each and every day evangelism and seeing people come from the villages to hear the gospel, it was uh, it was amazing. It was really amazing.
0: Totally, man. And unfortunately, this summer we couldn't go just due to the COVID restrictions. But hopefully, in the upcoming years, uh, we can continue to be uh, you know planted in. In the place where we planted our church and continue to serve the Lord in everything that we can do. So um, this episode's going to be a little different for you listeners out there. Um, I know we've only had a couple episodes since we started. Uh, typically, the format goes: we you know pick a certain topic and then uh, we kind of discuss and you know go on for about 45 minutes or so. But today, because I have Mark on, uh, he has a you know for those of you who don't know him, he has a very you know rich history with the Lord and uh, a very powerful testimony where um, you know, he got, God truly changed his life, and we get to hear that today. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of step back a little bit, and I'm going to let Mark kind of take the reins, and then uh, you know, I'll, I'll chime in wherever I can. I'll try to you know, lead the discussion, but uh, Mark, it's, it's all up to you. Go ahead, and then, uh, yeah, we can bounce off each other.
1: Praise God. So I would just like to introduce myself a little bit better just for you guys listening. So my name is Mark Moldovan. Uh, I was born in Australia um, in a Christian family. I'm a Romanian. So generally, well, basically the Romanians I know because of the community I'm in uh, are brought up in the church. So I was born in a Christian family where actually my father was quite involved in the church as a, or shared like a door handler at the church, welcome people, greet people. I also know that he was uh, very involved with helping out there with anything. When, whenever they needed someone to help with anything, he was the first. So my, my, my father was very involved with uh, saying poems, with I think even maybe a few times shared a word from the word of God. Um, so I was brought up in that I knew what it meant I knew what church was I knew what God was I knew this Jesus because I was brought up into it and as a Romanian child brought up in the church I know that my parents had taken me to be where they actually prayed for me um, as a little child that God would protect me that God would bless me as I grew up so I was brought up in the church I also have a younger uh, younger brother and older sister so we're a family of uh, siblings we're three siblings um, and my mother is a very very godly woman who I all, all I've known about my mom is is a woman that prays is a woman that never stops praying all the battles that she fights each and every day is on on her needs and in prayers but now going uh now a few more years later um, my dad actually who was very involved in the church started to walk away from God and it wasn't on his own it was actually what is amazing and what like amazes me actually is that he walked away from God with people from the church and actually brothers from the church fathers from the church they actually started to walk away from God and they started to drink my mother tells me to this day that my father started his walk away from God with drinking non-alcoholic beer where he just started drinking beer that was an alcoholic and just for the fun of it just for the fellowship of being with these friends and it started off with with something so simple with a, with a drink that wouldn't actually affect his mental state or wouldn't actually affect his decisions which then ended up him leading to drinking actual alcohol so i don't know the process of the things that started or what took place this and the steps in his life to lead him to where he is today but he started drinking he started smoking he started to do things that he shouldn't have done and as a father and as a husband now not being at the house and 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 I can recall and I can remember the night after night, the day after day that my dad was missing from the house. And all I know is that he would come at an unexpected hour early in the morning, fully intoxicated and drunk back at home so my father started to to not no longer be around the house and, and see the thing is the thing is with alcohol and the thing is with when we consume the things of this world and being in the church you know and then going into these things and when you start to consume these things these things start to control you and my father which was a very loving man my father which was a very uh, a caring person type person that was always ready to help that was always ready to care for people actually started to become angry and his character now changed where instead of being a loving caring person he was angry he was abusive he was a very violent person um and my father and and the the thing is and i want you guys listening um uh, to understand that i'm not trying to bash on my father i'm not trying to talk bad about my father what i'm talking about now is 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 who he became see my father and and i truly believe and i will share a little bit later but my father uh i truly believe that he is a kind-hearted person a, a man that wants to help but the thing is when you consume these things, you're you're playing on a field that you don't know, and it starts to control you. It starts to change who you are. So it doesn't matter who you were before you started to do these things, because this is who you are right now, because this is what you're consuming in your life. So that's what my, and actually, if I can share as a side note, I actually spoke to my dad maybe a month ago, um, and uh, he had told me that, hey, Mark, like, because I was calling him, I wanted to actually bring him out to America to get him into a rehab center uh, to help him because I, I care about him. And he actually told me, Mark, like uh, for the last month or two months now, I haven't been drinking and God gave me that, that ability. He hasn't sought God. He doesn't want a relationship with God exactly right now. He's got a heart and heart. We're praying that God changes him. But he, he he said, I got to a point where I was sick of it and I took myself to the hospital to rehabilitation center to actually quit alcohol. So praise God for that. But now going back to my testimony so my dad was a very abusive and very violent man where I can remember night after night where my father would come home and 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 beat us so where my father would actually beat my mother where where we went through these abuse but abuse year after year, day after day, and as a young child and a young man growing up in his early teens and even earlier, eight, nine, ten, whatever my age was, I started to have a lot of questions. See, I was brought up in the church. Yeah, my father was a complete opposite person to what the scripture talks about and to what God formed as husband, as father, and as family. And I started to have so many questions in my life.
0: And, and w- the interesting thing that you bring up Uh, especially about your father is that, and I'm sure this addresses a lot of things that people in the church deal with now. Um, You said that he started off serving in the church. You know, he was an usher. He, you know, he he, uh, recited poems. He even spoke at times. And I think it's a healthy reminder for everyone out there to know that, hey, just because you are serving in a church doesn't mean your heart is right with God. And one little thing, one little uh, just divergence in direction could lead you somewhere that just leads you to do unspeakable things. And I'm sure you can definitely relate to that. And you've seen uh, not only your father, but other people uh, in the Christian community who have fallen uh, to that.
1: Yeah, well, the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, with everything. If you're not committed to God with everything, if you're not careful with every aspect in your life and every area in your life, then you're bound to, to allow. Co- and this is the thing. This is when you compromise. You compromise with one small thing, and that small thing leads to something else and leads to something else. And that's what happened to my, my father, and that's what happens to a lot of us as young people. We start to compromise with things, which then leads to bigger and darker places in our life.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So I started to have questions in my life, and I was like, how can a God like this... How can I believe in a God like this? How can a God like this put me in a, a, with a father that abused me, that that beat us, that 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 manipulated us, that lied to us, that played with our feelings? And that all those questions that were unanswered started to lead to depression. Started to see I was uh, became very depressive. I became very different to the the friends around me, to the people around me. I kept to myself and that led to not having friends. That felt to not feeling love from anyone you know because how can I feel love from from other people from the people around me from the community around me or my friends around me if I if my own father the man that was supposed to lead me the man that was supposed to teach you the man that was supposed to 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 uh, teach me certain things in life didn't love me which I didn't feel that he loved me at that very moment and I'm sure behind everything behind the 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 addiction behind the the abuse behind the alcohol that he had he, he loves us because we're his children it's it. it it's obvious that but it was the things were just controlling him and those questions you know i and i and to, just to mention i had experienced god with my mother because my mother is is a lady of prayer. she's always been one to chase prayer. she's always been wanted to be at every prayer meeting that there was to go to church each and every time so i had experienced god in the church but because of these questions that were unanswered, I started to walk away from God. And I know one thing uh, when we were going through all of this, I said, I never want to be like my father. And the sad and unfortunate thing is that I started to become the very man that I never wanted to become. And I started to drink and I started to smoke. And see, the thing is, and if those people listening, it takes one small, one small uh, encounter small encounter. For, to, that leads to everything else you know and even before my drinking even before my smoking or before the drugs i fell in pornography at like a young age of 12 years old where that started and it wasn't a strong addiction it was every now and then i would fall but then thinking and honestly this has been something that i've been thinking about recently is that it it, it took pornography that then led to the drinking that then led to the smoking it takes one small thing one small hidden thing it doesn't necessarily but it's one sin that starts to take control and it it took pornography. And something that we say, oh, well, we all struggle with pornography, but Mm -hmm. that pornography will actually lead to bigger things and deeper things and darker places in your life where you actually start to compromise even in your walk with God and start to walk away from God and I started drinking I started smoking at a party I was like I started going to parties where I wouldn't drink and then all of a sudden I was like oh well I'll have one beer I'll have two beers I'm not going to get drunk like I can control myself but it took uh, the second party it took the second party for me to actually start consuming alcohol and then I was like well I can't drink and not smoke because they too they work to, um, they work really good together so I started smoking and not long after that you know I kept denying uh, touching drugs but they kept getting offered and thrown at me for free I was like well they, they're coming at me for free what harm can it do where now I started to consume drugs and I started to to just to just destroy my life and and I want to say something that I say very often that the enemy and the devil and, and sin, it promises you so much. It promised you friends. It promises you relationships. It promises you happiness. It promises you success. And I, I was seeking that. I never had friends. I wanted friends, so it promised me that. Yet when it came to offer me those things, I, I accepted those things. And now when it came to offer me these things, it gave me absolutely nothing. And all all that all those promises that sin had promised me ended up into empty promises where I actually Got to a point in life where, because, see, long story short, with my father, he actually got uh, got a restraining order put on the, uh, we put a restraining order on him and he wasn't allowed within 100 meters of the house. So my dad was no longer part of the family, he was no longer part of the household that we were living in. And I remember my auntie and my cousin coming over and they said, Mark, you have two decisions. I'm not telling you to be a christian i'm not telling you to serve god i'm not telling you any of that what i'm telling you is that your mom has been through a hard enough life now you have two decisions either you stop drinking you stop doing the drugs and smoking and you stop doing that life and you can live in this house or you choose to continue to do these things and you're gonna pack your bags right now and you're gonna leave the house and at that moment i was like you know what, I don't need my family, I, I don't need, I have my friends, I have my friends in the world, I have those people, and see, that's what sin, it, it led me to a place where I became homeless, where I actually packed my bags in that moment, I put my things in my car, and I started to sleep in my car, I started to sleep wherever I could find a place, in car parks, getting kicked out of, of car parks, because I'm not allowed to park there overnight, I would I would sleep at friend's house whenever I had the opportunity, I would shower whenever I had an opportunity, because I didn't have that, You obviously you don't have a shower, hour in the car. I barely ate because all my money that I was that I had now was because I've got money from the government and I had a side job working at KFC and I only had that job and kept that job because a Romanian was the owner of the KFC and he didn't want to let go of me, I guess. And all my money now went into investing into my friends and into myself in having a good time because I've always lived by the motto that I only have one life to live. And back then when I was in the world, I was like, have the most fun and do the most craziest things you can in life because you only live once and that's how i lived you know like when i walked away from god i dived i dived as if you dive in the swimming pool i didn't take i started with small steps and then i was like you know what at that moment when i was kicked out of the house i said forget this i'm not i'm not going to be a christian and i and i what happened in my life was i started to hate god because i started to hate god because of that very fact that he that I grew up in an abusive family. That I grew up in, I didn't understand. How can you tell me you love me? How can you tell me you care for me? How can you tell me that you, you, that, you that you created my family when you gave me a father that abused me? And now you expect my love. And now you expect me to live for you and to go to church and, and to love you with everything in my heart. And all I wanted to do, and all I had in my head, and all I had in my heart was I wanted to see my dad hurt. I wanted to 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 kill my dad, if I can say, I wanted to to see my dad suffer because we grew up in suffering we suffered so much and and uh, and i just I, I remember even talking to my dad and and on the phone call and he had called me and he said mark like started abusing us again over the phone in which he wasn't allowed to and i said you know what i'm sick of these phone calls i'm sick of this this uh, uh the you threatening that you're gonna kill me that you're gonna come after us because of we because of what we did and going to authority and i actually told him i said tell me where you are right now because let's sort this out i said let stop playing these games where back and forth you start to threaten us i said let's sort this out and tell me where you are i remember hanging up the phone i called up my friends i said be prepared we're going to see my father and i want to kill my dad because i'm sick of it i called my mom i told her that i love her i said mom like i'm about to do something crazy like i hate this man i was crying on the phone yeah my dad didn't want to tell me his location so as you can see i had a lot of hate i suffered a lot which then led to depression which i actually attempted suicide because I got to a point where I said I've tried with God I tried walking with God I I tried being in the church as a young man and then now I've tried with drugs now I've tried with alcohol now I've tried with the things of this world with with partying with women with all these things yet I still felt so empty I told you before that the the sin promises you so much it offers you absolutely nothing and I got to a point where I remember being in my car and and I started actually praying without even really praying I was like God I tried with you and I've tried with the world and I'm done right now. I'm sick of it, and and, I, and I, there is no hope. There is no 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 hope for me. Like I, I was just created just to suffer, and, and I was so selfish at that moment that I I I, I really wanted to take my life. Um, And I remember even in that moment, I ended up calling Suicide Helpline because I was like, well, there's got to let me call someone to try and convince me not to actually do this step in my life. And I called Suicide Helpline and the only thing they wanted to know about me was where I was because they knew I wasn't safe. They wanted to send help. They wanted to send authority. I'm like, I don't I'm not telling you where I am. I'm calling you to convince me not to actually kill my life. Not to tell you where I am. So I hung up the phone and and I remember, so this is in Australia. I remember actually even calling a suicide helpline, a Christian one, because I didn't find one in Australia. And I actually called America and I called them up and they were a Christian helpline. And I don't know, they just were very unorganized. They were saying, oh, close that line, trying to transfer. And I just got like, dude, I'm about to kill myself and you guys aren't organized, you know? And I hung up the phone, but I remember something in my heart just didn't allow me, like a, a still small voice was speaking to me and telling me, me don't kill yourself don't i love you and i i didn't understand it and i continued to live my life i actually didn't take my life that night and i remember actually being in a car park one night where i got a phone call one morning and it was a pastor that i knew that my sister was working very closely closely to and he actually asked me and invited me to come to a youth camp at that moment i was just so so sick of life i just had a crazy night i was very just very high that night very drunk that night and i said look man let me call you back i talked to my friends i woke them up they were sleeping in the car with me i actually had a van then and i said look we were invited to youth camp i said we want nothing to do with god because i was on a journey running away from god with any opportunity that i could and i told him let's go to this uh to this camp because we have food which we weren't eating very much i said uh we have a bed and we have shower let's go for it's three nights it's not going to be a long time and we'll make it back for the uh big party that we're having on that on that weekend they said mark we don't want to come we have a party tonight because every single night we had a party and i was like okay well whatever in that moment I never understood why I really wanted to go. I look at it now and I knew that everything was God's plan and God like even changed my mind and changed my decisions to to actually want to go to this place and be a part of it. And I called up the pastor and I said, "Look, I'm going to come my friends, I'm not going to come, but I will come." And I I was I was a very smart guy, even though I was stupid, I was a very smart guy (laughs) in the way I could manipulate people. And I told him I have a van. Um, I will ask my mother if I can leave my my clothes in my bag at her house. And and then I can actually carry uh, the sound and equipment for you to the camp if you like, because I knew it was also a two hour, two to three hour drive there um but i said one thing i need is for you guys to pay my gas because i never had gas in the car as well and they said no problem we'll do that i drove to my mom's house i left my friends money because i had some money i left them the drugs the alcohol that we needed i left them some money so they could survive the few days that i wasn't there because they were just feeding off me they weren't my true friends you know Mm -hmm. they were just feeding off what i could give them and i was fine i knew that i knew that but i just wanted to feel like i had friends so i did everything i could to have those friends that i never had and I remember going to my mom's house and I, and I left my things at my mom's house and I actually told my mom as well. I was like, mom, I need gas to go to this camp. And my mom took out money and gave me cash because she knew I had, I had already at that point picked up one of the guys who lived locally who was a sound leader and he was in my car so she knew I was going to a youth camp. So she gave me money and I started to drive now with a full tank of gas and with money from my mother and then went with that money and actually bought myself a packet of cigarettes. But the interesting thing is as we're driving to this camp, it was the, the sound leader that, 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 that was leading the worship team and the sound equipment. I told him, I was like, I'm not 18 yet, so I can't buy At 18, you can buy a packet of cigarettes and, and alcohol in Australia. And I said, uh, can you buy me a packet of cigarettes? And his response was, I can buy you a packet of cigarettes as long as you give me one. And I was like, dude, like you're a Christian, you're a leader in the church. And like, I, so, cause I have a background of Christianity as you can, as I already mentioned. And I was like, dude, you're a Christian. Yeah, you're asking me for a cigarette. And he's like, I'm a social, I'm a social smoker, you know? And that's what's scary is that in our church and in the the Christianity now, we're all social drinkers, Mm -hmm. we're all social smokers. And that's what I'm trying to tell you is that we compromise with these small things. Hey, it's not a sin to drink. It's not a sin to do this. I'm just doing it to be able to reach these people. Yet you don't understand compromising what it leads in your life and how you start to walk away from God and start to compromise into bigger things. And I, I I didn't care. I was like, Well, yo, if you want it, I want my packet of cigarettes. I bought you. I saw he bought me a cigarette. I gave him a cigarette. I didn't care. You know, but it was at this youth camp. It was three nights at this youth camp. I didn't care. And I want to make a make a slight um thing and, and say this is that. Be very careful who you hang around with, even in a church community, yep. even in your church community, your youth community, wherever you are. Because I went to this to this youth camp, and because I wasn't after God, I found people that weren't after God. And with people at the youth camp, I actually walked away from God and started, walked away from the youth camp, I mean, and started to to get high at youth camp. You know, because I wasn't there for any other reason. I was just there to, to have a bed and to have a shower, to have food as much as I wanted. And i found people that i could relate to that we actually walked away from the youth camp and we just got high and we started drinking and doing everything so i wasn't part of what was happening there But just to skip through everything, I want to share that it was the last night of youth camp. See, the whole time I was just focusing on Facebook because I was seeking that Facebook famous uh, status, uh, how we have Instagram influencers. Today we used to have, it used to be Facebook and that was a big thing in Australia before Instagram uh, just blew up. And I, all my friends were Facebook famous, I was I was leading into that as well, and, and um, so I was just on Facebook the whole time, but it was the last night that I said, look, they paid for me to be here, they gave me a bed, they gave me food, let me listen at least the last night to what is happening here, and I sat through the whole service and... I heard a testimony, in that testimony, it was a testimony where he walked away from God, got in, uh, got uh, into alcohol, got into drugs, got into cigarettes, got into all these things, and I could see my life in that, because that man was that, that was sharing his testimony grew up in a missionary family in China, where they were missionaries in China, yet he moved to America, and then moved to Australia, and wherever they, else they moved, and he started to fall into the acting industry, where he started to drink, started to smoke, and completely walked away from God, but he got to a point where he had to stand and realize that that was not satisfying him. Where he wanted to dip, to take, to to uh, to suicide as well, an attempted suicide. And and then he found hope in God and seeing that passion. Like my heart started to pump, and and I, I I knew in that moment that I wasn't prepared to give my heart to God. But knowing that God was already speaking to me, that my heart was pumping, I knew something was happening in my heart. So I stood up and I did the the whole altar call that we see happening now. And it actually took a fair bit, you know. I don't say just to say because I know a lot of speakers say, but it took him saying, if there's anybody here, if there's any, it took three, four, five times. And he kept saying, there's one person here that God is is waiting and God is calling back home. And it took uh, 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 many times for me to say, you know what, I'm going to stand up. And I stood up. But what is interesting there is that I stood up and not willing to let go of my sin, not willing to let go of the things because I had a party that I needed to attend after there. But the next day, because I was night, we started packing up in that pastor. And this is where I I, 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 God started to really reveal who he was and who he is and what he is for me and the love that he paid for me. Because they invited me instead of just saying, okay, well, you prayed the sinner's prayer. Go on, praise God. And, and I would have went back into everything, but they actually invited me into their house. Where they started to now disciple me, and I was going just to spend a week there, and um, and that actually ended up staying longer. And they said, "Mark, we want you to stay with us." And I started to live with them, and they started to to mentor me. and 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 This is where I want to say is that though I repented before I turned eighteen, I was seventeen years old. The sinner's prayer, what I did at that youth camp, I didn't actually change my life until I was nineteen because. Now, of course, I started to walk with God and and I was on a journey, you know, because I, I seen that these people care about me. And it was the first time that I actually felt that somebody loved me, that I that I felt like somebody cared about how I feel, that somebody cared about my life. And it was between the age of 18 to 19 that that I was walking once again with one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And I was worshiping at church and I was going to youth nights and I was going to prayer nights. Uh, but the problem was that I wasn't a hundred percent for God. I mentioned that verse that we have to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. I wasn't prepared to give Him everything. I gave Him ninety percent, maybe I gave Him eighty percent, you know, because I was still smoking because I couldn't let go of that addiction. I was now uh, now I was continuing to watch pornography that really took control over my life. And I I was, I felt really deep in that. And the thing is, I felt deeper into certain things, into certain sins, that moment that I repented because I was under so many attacks, like, and so many influence to, to, to now to do things hidden from the church.
0: So from ages 17 to 19, you said that you're on a journey with God, but you were still holding on to other things. You were still living in bondage. Um, (laughs) What advice do you give to people who are who are experiencing the same thing that you experienced from 17 to 19 because I think a lot of Romanians especially ones that grew up in like solid Christian homes uh, even non-Romanians who grew up in solid Christian homes who've attended church every single week live unfortunately not only two years of their life in that in that way but they they continue in you know most of their teenage years or adolescent mm-hmm. years um, in that in that same way. So, what advice would you give to people who are struggling uh, that way?
1: Well, see, the thing is, it was it was actually 18 to 19 that mm-hmm. I rededicated my life. It was 16 and 17 that I went deep into sin, and it was um, 18 to 19 that I was now in the church. Um, but then even one foot in the church and one foot out. Yeah. And that was the thing. And this is where it leads me into my part of Testament where I was struggling with these things, you know, and pornography was massive. And, and even today, I actually made a YouTube video on, on about pornography recently. And um, it's on my YouTube channel, but... That is the silent killer in our church because though we might not smoke, though we might not drink, though we might not do these crazy sins that we say are big and crazy, you know, uh, or we don't murder, we don't do other things, you know, Mm -hmm. this is only pornography. It's a small sin we say and we like to uh, feel good about ourselves in our mind, you know. And I believe that it's it's actually the biggest killer in the in the young people in our church today because it's something that each and every young person and I fell at it at 12 years old. I, I I hear testimonies where people felt full are falling at it at eight years old at nine years old just just because of social media and because of the platform that we have with TV with iPads t- uh, phones. Like I didn't have a cell phone to I don't know what age I was. You see kids at seven years old having cell phones now, Snapchat, all these social media accounts, and they're being influenced. To, to, to these things in this world. And see, I was, I, I, and I'll share with you what I can, how I can, how God helped me to overcome this thing because I actually decided to get baptized. And, um, I, and at that point of baptism, I was struggling with pornography. still. And I was like, God, how can I? I've let go of the cigarettes. I've let go of the alcohol. I let go of the partying scene. I let go of everything else. But I can't let go of, of, of pornography. It's controlling me. I got, I was really bad almost every single day. You know, I was fighting. And, and I was like, God, I, how can I stop this? I can't stop this. It's taking control. And I remember waking up because the thing is, you're never going to be able to conquer sin on your own. I'm never going to, and until then, I kept fighting on my own. I can do this. I can do this on my own. Instead of asking God and inviting God to give me that strength and ability to do so. And I woke up one morning and God gave me a a verse from Psalms 119 verse 11. And that's what what, what really spoke to me. And that's where I found the secret because Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. I have never forgotten that verse and I can never forget that because the secret to 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 receiving freedom in your life is drawing closer to the to the living word, water is drawing closer to the living word it's it's digging into the word of God see until then uh, I remember even a young child after church I would go home my mom would say read a chapter you know and then go and play and do whatever you want. But I would just read it just to read it. I never understood it. I never really dug into it and went with an open mind and an open heart to really see what God is wanting to speak to me. I never looked at at the word of God as if it was a word straight from God. God was speaking to me through it. I just looked at it as, as a history book, if I can say. As something where we just grab our teachings from and we learn from it, not actually that those are the, 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 the word that is the word of God that God speaks to us. And every answer that we need is actually in the word of God. Every freedom that we need in our life, you find it in the word of god the healing that i need is in the word of god and 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 that was what changed me And and i and i encourage you guys listening that the secret to freedom, and and I can tell you because I have that freedom in my life, and God has given me freedom over pornography, and God has given me freedom over sexual morality, and God has given me freedom over alcohol, over drugs, over cigarettes, and over all those things. You know where I'm now. My heart is is, and I I I like to say that I I, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and with with everything in my mind. I love God with everything, and it's it's a decision that we have to make each and every day. But that decision starts with seeking the Word of God. You want freedom. You can go to men. you can run to all these things and you can try fight it on your own but the if you truly want freedom in then jesus christ has that and he says your word i've hidden in my heart i hide your word i dig deep into your word of god i dig deep into my relationship with jesus christ because what i'm consumed with there's a remaining proverb that says tell me who your friends are and i will tell you who you are mm-hmm. the things that we get involved with in our everyday life influences us that's why we see people falling into drugs alcohol and cigarettes at a younger age and we did because of the the world that we live in it's created to influence us to walk away from what we strongly believe in and and through social media and through all these platforms that we have available at a click of a finger at a touch of our of our phone you know we have these things and that's where god started to work and truly work in my life at 19 where i said you know what that's it i'm done i'm giving it all to god and i said god if i'm going to repent if i'm going to give you everything i don't no longer want to just be a church god i don't want to just be go to church and go to youth and do whatever everyone ask this i want to see you work and move and i and i and we mentioned this verse already that jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever i said god if that is your word if your word truly says that i want to experience that and i want to encounter that i want to get to a place now where i truly know you for my god for my father not the god of the church not the God of my, my mother, not the God of my pastor, but I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. And I don't want to live in their, in their past, you know, because in a Romanian community and, and in the times of communism, we hear how they would gather in a room and they would put blankets and pillows on the windows and they would worship God and they would pray and how the Holy Spirit would be poured out. And, and, and I know even my, my grandma would share a story where my mom actually elevated when she was baptized with the Holy Spirit off the ground. And you hear these crazy, amazing testimonies, but you don't see it today. And I said, God, if this is what your word says, I want to believe it. And I want to see you use me. Because in the past, as a young child, God spoke through many prophecies, through many different people all around the world that didn't know me. The same thing that God has a special calling and God has a special plan for my life. And I started to seek God. I started to really pray. I started to really read the word. And, And in all of those things what my freedom and what i want to really say is not only did i draw into the word of god but god spoke to me and like the the, the prayer that we all know um as we forgive those who who, who come against us i know it in romania mm-hmm. as we forgive those who come against us as we forgive uh, in the lord's prayer you know and that was one thing that god said he said he started to speak to me and said you have to forgive your father See, I wanted forgiveness in my life, but I wasn't willing to forgive the man that did so much wrong to me. But I wanted God to forgive my past and everything. And true freedom in my life came in actually saying and calling my father. And it took three phone calls. And on the third phone call, I said, you know what? I'm just going to tell you that I forgive you. I forgive you for that time. I forgive you for that time. I forgive you for that time. I forgive you for the time you wrapped your hands around my throat. And I started to name certain uh, situations that happened. And I said, I forgive you. And I I want you to know that I have accepted God. And I just started seeing how things started to break off in my life because I started to commit everything to God and I said, God, I want you to take everything. I want you to have everything in my life. And I started to worship God and I started to live completely for God because I said, I'm done. I'm done being that half-hearted person. I'm done being that lukewarm person. I'm done living half for God and half for the world. I want to live for Jesus. And it took a it took a period in my life where where god really had to work in my life where god had to change things in my life where god revealed what the cross means what what it really means where i understood that this jesus that we celebrate on easter on christmas truly died for me a price that i never deserved and it it was incredible because scripture that i had read until that very moment started to 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 relate with me i i actually started to understand what those scriptures mean you know and and uh, i got baptized and god just was i was on a journey now with god where it was two years before god called me into into well it wasn't two years it was um at the age of 20 where god opened that door because i i made that promise when i when i said god if i give you everything i want to see you work in my life and it's been an incredible journey you know because God opened that door where I went on a mission trip and on that mission field and on that mission trip, God spoke to me and and he spoke to me seek first seek in heaven, and 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 i and everything else will be added to seek first me give me everything mark and he spoke to me through a song on a mission trip where that's where my life changed and now for the past four years uh coming up in november four years i've been serving god as a full-time uh missionary in many different countries but he spoke to me through a song that we sing in our churches in the remaining community and it says uh and in english it goes if i can translate it says that whether i live or whether i die i will worship you and i'll live for you um it's probably not the best translation but that's kind of what it says and i was like god on this mission trip yes, I love you, yes, but I'm not ready to serve you with everything, and I'm not ready to die for you, and it was a week or two weeks that God was continually speaking to me on that song, and I was like, you know what, God, I'm done, I'm going home, I'm selling everything I have, and I'm going to serve you, and it's been four years, like I mentioned, in November, and it's just been an absolute blessing and an incredible journey that god has been leading and doing through my life and where i got to serve in many different countries i got to 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 help start certain projects where even currently we're still feeding children in 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 uh in the philippines we're still feeding children in africa and every single week uh, it's been on and off due to the the current times that we are in with the pandemic, but we're feeding five hundred kids in Africa and in, in in um in the Philippines every single week. And actually this week, uh, we started building as of yesterday, three houses once again in the Philippines. So I've seen God uh, work through my life and I've and and I, I tell you, walking with god and when you're truly sincere with you with god and when you're truly sincere with actually knowing this god god reveals himself to you and and it is the most beautiful thing that you can go through life and i want to i want to share a few verses with you guys just to encourage you guys um that matthew 1 21 and this is where it says that that she will give birth to a son and i'm paraphrasing these verses but to, he will be born to save us from our sin jesus christ the only reason uh, that the, the he came was to save you and, and save uh, save you and I, and to actually open up an, the ability for us to walk in a relationship with Christ because we, we we deserve everything that 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 was meant for us. We deserve hell. We deserve all these things because we walked away from God, and we would never have that opportunity and ability. But God says, "I have come to save you." Isaiah 53 verse 5: By his stripes we are healed. That Christ had to to bear those stripes. That God had to bear those that that pain he went through and go through all of that that mean you can be healed that mean you can be healed of our addiction that mean you can be healed of our past That mean you can actually get to a place where where we say galatians 2 20 it is no longer i who lives but christ who lives in me and 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 one thessalonians 5 9 to 10 that i've i have obtained salvation through jesus christ that is the only way to life that is the only way into eternity is by obtaining salvation through jesus christ through, through the man that you know what you and i never deserved that he said i still love you and what amazes me is that it's it's uh, for god to love the world that he gave his only son see the thing that amazes me is that god knew that we would come against him god knew that i would and i i see myself as the soldiers whipping god uh, spitting in his face mocking him through my decisions and actions that i do each and every day and though he knew that I would do that he said you know what I still love you Mark and I'm still sending my son to die on a cross because I love you and I'm jealous for you and I want to walk with you and I want to I want to to call you my son and God even though he knew that he still died in my place Christ still died in my place and there's a verse in Hebrews 10:37 that very soon Christ is coming and in Romania it says the man who is coming Christ he is coming he is going to come my question for you what i what i what i ask people all the time are you prepared to stand before this god that you know very well you know we're, we, we as christians we know this god very well we know what christianity is we know what what who jesus is and we walk away and we, we still walk away from God and we know that one day we will stand before God and, and we don't wait until eternity. We don't wait until judgment day to to get told, oh, you come to heaven or go from me because I don't know you. We don't wait. I want you to realize and understand that each and every day that we live and each and every day that we are, uh, are alive in today, my decisions that I make today are determining where I'm going to re- spend the rest of my eternity. And I encourage you, what's scary to know is that we put our head on our pillow so easy and so lightly at night, not realizing that those eight hours, those nine nine hours, I, I know nothing what happens in those nine hours. I'm I'm truly asleep. And we don't realize that we might actually not wake up that next morning. See, we sleep for nine hours, but it you don't even feel like it's nine hours. You feel like you just went to sleep and all of a sudden it's morning. And I want to motivate you and ask you. And to put yourself questions at night, Did I live for God today? Am I living and seeking righteousness as the Word of God says? Because the Word of God says in another verse that nothing unrighteous will inherit the kingdom of heaven. When you put your head on that pillow, are you ready to close your eyes and stand before God and give account? Like the Word of God says, for every word that departed from you, for every action, for every decision, are you ready for that? See, we're living in a society, and I'm going to end with this, in, in a world where we live a cheap Christianity, where it doesn't cost us anything, where we can live the way we've lived and we can continue stealing the way because God's grace is enough. And we, 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 we hear this in, in, the, in the American church, in the Australian churches, where it's come as you are because Christ is ready to receive you, but we don't hear the next part of the message, change, leave different, leave that addiction, leave that problem, and leave change because it costs you something. I serve in, in many third world countries. And when I see someone asking, what's the biggest miracle that you've seen? And I can truly say that it is repentance. It is seeing a life decide to follow Jesus. It's seeing a lost man say, you know what? And find his value, find his calling in Christ and accept this Jesus Christ. That is the biggest testimony is salvation coming into a man's heart that was lost. And it cost them something. Their community now hates him. Their family kicks him out. It cost them something. Many of them go through persecution, go through hate, get beaten up, get get stoned in these countries. Yet when I and, and you and I repent... It costs us absolutely nothing. We go, we do the sinner's prayer, and you know what? I'm all right with God. I continue to sin. I continue to to live 80% for Christ, but I'm not willing to let go of my addiction. I'm not willing to let go of, of pornography. I'm not willing to let go of my relationship. I'm not willing to let go of my job. That might not please God. See, when we repent and when we truly live for Jesus, it costs us something. And you might lose your family. You might lose your workplace. You might lose your friends. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. This is a decision you and I have to make because life with Jesus is, and and the Bible says that Jesus has, has great plans and a plan and a purpose for our life. Jeremiah, it says that, that I have a plan for you. Christianity costs you something and it costs you letting go of what you've understood and what you've known until now and the life that you've walked and saying, yes, I want to serve Jesus. Whatever price and whatever costs, I am unashamedly serving Jesus and all I want is to live in a relationship with Christ. Because it's not enough to go to church. It's not enough to go to youth. It's not enough to play in fanfare or in the music team to be a worship leader, to, to work at the sound, to work at the computer in church. It's not enough to be a door handler greeting people as they come into the church. Just because you go to church, just because your parents are, are involved in the church doesn't give you a passport into heaven mm-hmm. and automatically writes you off. Ah, well, your parents are Christian. Well, you go, to serve, you go to church to youth once a week. You go to church every Sunday. You, you, you come because you're my child. It's a relationship, and I, when I look at and think about my relationship with Jesus, I look at men and um, a, a at a mother and a father, a man, uh, husband and wife. I look at that, and it's the same thing. It's an everyday thing that we that we need in Christ. And and I encourage you, there is no way you can walk in righteousness. There's no way you can walk in purity if the very thing in the morning isn't God that you're searching. When you seek God in the morning where you seek God at night, where you seek God and you involve God in everything and not God revolves around everything else throughout my day, but everything else actually revolves around my relationship with God. It's when you do those steps in life and when you realize the priorities in your life and you align them correctly, is that you see God working in your life, is that when you see God leading you. So I encourage you, really, If you haven't got it highlighted in your Bible, memorize it, highlight it, your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. And when you do those things, I promise you and I guarantee I travel the world now and I have many opportunities and I fly on a a, a lot of planes every single year. And I go to a lot of different countries and a lot of different churches. But now thinking six years ago, I was homeless and in a car. You know, God changed me. And that's what's beautiful is now I get to see God work in many different places. I get to see God transforming many lives. But it took me saying, you know what, God, I give you everything and I'm ready to serve you and I'm ready to truly live for you. So I encourage you, do not fight this battle on your own. Find someone. You have churches where you have pastors, you have youth pastors, you have mentors, you have people, maybe your parents. Go to them. Ask them to pray with you. Ask them to, to fast with you. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to encourage you. Ask Him to teach you, to mentor you. Find someone to be accountable to. Stop fighting this, Your Honor. Even myself, I want to help you if I can. I want to pray with you. I want to be there to support you and to tell you that there is hope because I see it in my life and and I I have a lot of friends that, that God set free of many different things. It is possible, but it takes a decision of the heart. Salvation is personal and God doesn't force us, but God is inviting us. And saying it's up to you whether you want to walk so that's that's kind of what i had on my heart to share and and um i i truly believe and i hope that those listening that you guys get to a place where you start to understand and know god for your for yourself no longer the god of the church no longer the god of your parents but god as your lord and personal savior so god bless you
0: guys thank you mark so much um it was truly a powerful testimony and i think what really speaks the most especially to people you know like me which are a lot of people in the in this you know christian youth where we grow up in this you know solid christian atmosphere quote unquote and we still get stuck in the same things and seeing the just the drastic transformation that god worked in your heart Like truly highlights and probably reflects things in our lives, you know. Just because we didn't, you know, stoop to like those lows, doesn't mean we're not held in bondage. Doesn't mean that I myself personally have lived, you know, a good Christian life or living 100% for God. You know, my all my teenage, adolescent, and even early adult life uh, years, and just hearing this testimony really speaks truth to that, and it makes us helps us reflect and look back and say, you know, God. I know I haven't done, you know, certain things, but does that does that mean that I'm living for you? Does that mean that I don't have, you know, other bondage in my life? Does that mean that I'm any better? And no, right? Cuz you you even said earlier that, you know, because of our sin, you know, we are condemned to hell. But only through Jesus Christ, only through his blood and then the repentance of our sins through Jesus are we saved. And that that uh levels the playing field for everyone and it it just Stretches salvation for for everyone out there, and I just um, that's what I truly really got from this, and I hope you guys get that from uh, got this from his uh, testimony as well. So, like I said, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know you've been traveling a lot, and uh, I was happy to catch you while you're here in Southern California. Uh, as we conclude things, uh, before we sign off, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to give all your you know, where can people find you on social media I know you have you're on Instagram Facebook and I think you have a YouTube channel as well as you've previously mentioned
1: so yes you can find me on on Instagram and it's uh, just Mark Moovan without a without a space it's just Mark Morvan one. Uh, on Instagram I do have Facebook I I don't really use it and I'm actually thinking of closing it soon Mm -hmm. but I have used I have Instagram that I I use a lot so even if you need support or you need prayer or anything please reach out to me what you tell me and when you speak to me it stays between us and I just want because I had people that prayed for me in the past and that, and I see the power of prayer, and I see the power of unity in prayer, so you can reach out to me on Instagram, and I also have my YouTube channel, which is Mark Moldovan, and over there I have, once again, my, my, my testimony, I have other small videos on the mission field, and stuff that God has been speaking to me, um, so you can also check me out on there, but one thing I just want to say once more, is don't waste your time, stop wasting your time, in the next five minutes, or the, tomorrow, you might not have that ability to change your life, and I and I just want to put an accent on that and tell you, wake up, while it's still time. So yeah, yeah it's been an incredible blessing, Marcus. I thank you for this opportunity, Absolutely. Yeah. and um, I, I I'm 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 blessed, and I, I encourage those listeners listening. There are many different subjects and many different things coming up on this on this uh, podcast, and I, and I encourage you guys tune in, listen, be encouraged. Like I said at the beginning, the things that we listen to, the things that we get involved around, influences us to who we want to, who we end up being. So, God bless
0: you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And um, if you guys want to follow us, we're on Instagram at the Potter's House. Uh, obviously, there's no apostrophe there, so it spells T H E P O D D E R S H O U S E. If you have any requests or anything we also have a email account the potters house at gmail.com uh, please subscribe to us on itunes spotify and possibly stitcher and google play uh, we'll see as we go forward um, but yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in on this episode and we will see you next time